The views expressed in the following program do not necessarily represent those of the staff, management, or owners of WGBB. Live from the WGBB studios in Merrick, New York, this is Sports Talk New York. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Sports Talk New York here on Long Island's WGBB. We are Pete and Faz. I'm Matt Fazelbord, joined in studio by my co-host, broadcast partner Pete Feldman, on this Sunday night, June 13th, 2021. On the other side of our glass, our engineer, Brian. Quick shout-out to the host before us, Bill Donahue, had a great show, held things down in the 8 o'clock hour. And, uh, Pete, no shortage of topics to discuss a jam-packed sports weekend over the next hour, we'll be getting into all of that and taking your calls at 516-623-1240. Before I introduce Pete and we jump into everything, just want to remind everyone, you can follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at WGBB Sports Talk. You can also visit our website, WGBBSportsTalk.com, where you can listen to all past shows and check out any upcoming show information. Lastly, if you already haven't or have, we invite you to subscribe to the podcast, WGBB Sports Talk New York on iTunes, Spotify, or just about anywhere you listen to podcasts. And while we're on the social media podcast info, check us out on Twitter at Pete and Faz. I'm at Maddie Faz NJ, and our podcast also available across all platforms. It's a mouthful. Pete, great to be back with you here on Long Island. Uh, nine o'clock, just after 9 o'clock here, a lot of excitement in the air. Playoff hockey? Ugh. You're already. You start me early, but... Go ahead, finish, finish what you're going to say. You're, an, you're a Ranger fan in Islander country, my man. It, it, it's hurting right now. And to, to the Islander fans listening right now, <laughs> uh, yes, I am a Ranger fan and, and a big Ranger fan at that. In your defense, Islander fans, it has been a long time. Since I feel like that's a veiled little shot at them. No, and, and well, you, to be fair, it's been a long time for the Rangers also, but yeah. we all know about the Islander heyday in the 80s. And since then, it, the, the Islanders went on a downturn, and there wasn't a lot of success, and there wasn't a lot to celebrate. Yeah. And the crazy thing for the Islanders is a couple years ago, you lost your captain. John Tavares left. He went to Toronto, and we all thought it was going to be Back to that rebuilding phase, that all-too-familiar rebuilding phase for the Islanders. Well, and then, here they come. They're three games away from the Stanley Cup Finals. It hurts. Three it, games out. So, uh, I, I just for anybody, because we don't talk about hockey a whole heck of a lot on here. Uh, I Hockey's down my list a little bit, and I don't get really crazy into hockey. I'll admit that. So, my, my, my street credit might take a few knocks here, but at least I'm being honest with everybody here. So... I will say congratulations to the Islanders on their game one win, two to one over uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Huge win. You can say congratulations. Go oh, come it's, on, Pete. Just rip off the band-aid. Just do it. No, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. Uh, you're not going to come on. You're you're not going to lose your Ranger stripes or street credit. <laughs> you're good. Just come on. Just I want you to announce the score. What was the score of today's game? Two to one. Who won? The Islanders won. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not holding that gunpoint. I'm not. I it, it look. I am a Ranger fan. I've How many up. games away are the Islanders from the Stanley Cup Finals? They're three games away. Okay, so they have a heck of a run going. You, even as big of a Ranger fan as you are, you have to admit, they have a run going. They have a run going. They do. It hurts. I look, you have an orange. We actually look. We have Islanders colors on. I have a blue polo. You have an orange. Don't. Polo. Do not <laughs> go down that road. <laughs> we, we, I think we do. We didn't. 
Yeah, I, all right, we coordinated. Pete wanted to dress like the Islanders tonight. <sighs> you know, there were other teams that played tonight. <laughs> there are other games there's going lot, on right there's now. There's a lot that happened today. Can, can we talk about something else? I just, I just want to say congratulations one more time. to the. It's been a while since we've been in here, so I want to say congratulations to the Islanders and their fans here on Long Island. Yes, I'm sucking up to everybody, and I uh, just want to congratulate them on, on, on their hard-fought, valiant win today, 2-1 to one over the Lightning. Uh, a very, you know, just a gutsy performance in Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Finals. Hard-fought, skating the puck all over the ice, and, uh, you know, so three games away from the Stanley Cup Finals. Congratulations. Ooh. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Rangers had a good year, too. They, they did great. You, why are you doing this to me? Are, are you? What, what did? I, what have I done to you in the past that you're looking to set me uh, off like this? Is it because Isaiah trying, Thomas isn't around? I'm just trying and to get you pumped up. You're, are I'm you trying to make sure you? I'm trying to make. I want, it's playoff playoff atmosphere right now. We got we got to keep the playoff vibes going. Do you just need to make sure that one of my trigger buttons is accessible <laughs> to you at all times, just so you can press it anytime you want and see sure. me go on some sort of emotional tirade? It's not going to happen today. I'm just making. I'm sure. not going on a tirade today. You always say you want to talk about hockey, so I'm talking about hockey. This is not the time. <laughs> what this? What better time is there to talk on live radio about? the Islanders. When the Rangers oh, okay. are oh, three oh. games away from oh, the Stanley Cup oh, Finals. I don't know. There's a lot, all, of, rules, a lot of rules. All of a sudden, you want to sit there and talk hockey Let's with talk me. hockey this hour. I've tried to talk hockey with you for 15 years. And in those 15 years, we have seen the Rangers win a President's Trophy. We have seen the Rangers get to the Stanley Cup Finals. And you keep you keep mocking me with your hand, moving it up and down like it's my mouth moving. But in all those times, when, when the Rangers had a, a, a great group of prospects coming up, the Rangers are an exciting team right now, but you never yeah. want to talk about that. I'll talk about only, them, so, but Only when the Islanders are playing well. Islander, are you an Islander fan? Are you a closet Islander I, fan? I just want to congratulate you. As we, as we talk here on the great WGBB here on Long Island, I want to congratulate the Islanders on their hard-fought, valiant 2-1 to win today, three games away from the Stanley Cup Finals. Congratulations. Thank you, Pete. What was this? Just one more time. What was the score? Two to one. Thank you. All right. So also, no, more playoff atmosphere as we, you know, deal with the, around the New York sports circuit. Because it really was. I mean, so all kidding aside, Pete, you can come back down to earth here. Uh, we did a podcast on Friday night, and this feels like the first time, I don't know, since 2019, that kind of sports normalcy right i mean it just feels like things are uh, you know happening again so we're both as everybody knows at this point we are both big met fans yeah and friday night with 26,000 people in attendance it felt like 55,000 but they had 26 at city field to watch jacob Degrom throw another dominant six innings yeah and even even better for me, for a, for a fan watching, what was even better and more exciting to see than, than Jacob DeGrom uh, with another magnificent performance, with another hit, another couple RBIs, was the crowd in that game and just how into it they were on every pitch. That was as loud yeah. of, of, of an audience that we've seen at City Field probably since they were in the World Series. It's been a long time. Uh, yeah, because yeah, I mean, you had a... You know, a dry spell for the Mets, just in any terms of success or anything like that. Then the pandemic, so it has been quite a while 
uh, for that kind of atmosphere. And it was. It, I mean, Friday and Saturday night was ele- or both electric nights uh, at City Field. Today, a tough loss. It was. And well, there's some things to talk about in today's loss. Uh, mainly, you know, this is a discussion we got into on Friday night, and, but it, it kind of reared its head today with the, the starting pitching depth and how Luis Rojas is managing things between how, let, how far he's letting starters go, when he's letting the bullpen come on, you know, come into games, who he's burning out, who he's not. Because really, the, 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 the swing of this game was the familiar, Jerry's familiar, uh, his, his, the at bat with Profar. That, that at bat, I should say, Profar's at bat with Familia. Sorry, I'm a little rusty. It's been a minute since we've been on here, so I'm getting back in the groove here. I, I was talking so much trash with you about the Right, Islanders. well, you're still trying to push my buttons yeah, while no. you're talking about something else now, so it's throwing you off a little bit. But I no, understand. No, Finish your I'm thought. Not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not trying to push your buttons on this one. Uh, what I'm saying is that I'm actually trying to give you credit that you had, on Friday night on our show, which you can check out at our, all of our podcast platforms, uh, you had, you had, you had uh, mentioned that you know, you would like to see Luis Rojas let his starters go deeper into games. He's had a very quick hook with these guys. You know, and, and part of the issue is because last year was such a whacked out, shortened year, a lot of managers in front offices don't know how far to push their starters. You know, what they didn't have a normal workload last year, so it's tricky. You don't want to burn these guys out too quick. You know, so it, it's a very delicate balance. Rojas has been on the conservative side with getting guys out of games, you know, letting them feel good about their start, getting them out before, you know, pushing them to the seventh, eighth inning, things like that. So it's going to be an issue all year, but because he's been going to the bullpen quicker and quicker each game, now today you had, what was it, Trevor May was not available, Diaz not available, Castro not available, Lugo not available. So four, your four end game arms not available. So we're we're in a position now with the Mets. They are now three games into a stretch where they are playing 31 games in 33 days. And if you had listened to the podcast on Friday, uh, how many times did I say that? I think it's three, six or seven four, times. I, six it, or seven times. It, it, and it, it bears repeating. It's 31 games in 33 days. It is a brutal, brutal stretch. Now is the time. Let's extend these starters. You couldn't do it for Jacob DeGrom on, on Friday. He came out with an injury. Uh, luckily, he, it seems as though he's fine. He's not going to miss any time. Yeah, that was a scare. Uh, tonight or today was the time Joey Lucchese gave you five innings. He, he gave it up a couple, a few hits, uh, but he had gotten himself out of danger every single time. He gave up a run over five innings, and I think he was at roughly 70, 71 pitches, yeah. something along those lines. Okay. I think, again, they wanted to get him out of the game feeling good where things were at. I'm tired of this feeling good. I know. And I, and just, I know. I'm, just, I'm trying to I know, tell you the real Rojas, what he, I, I believe this is what he's trying, how he's trying to manage it. I, I know the bottom of the order was coming up, and, and you, you wanted to lift him for a pinch hitter. I get it. You have to look at the big picture here. I'm going to say it again, and I know you're tired of hearing it, but it's going to come out of my mouth one more time, at least. 31 games, I'm sorry, 33 games in 31 days. So let's get another inning out of Joey Lucchese. You can always pull him if you have to, but with so many relievers not available, with with so many games in such a short amount of time, 
you're going to blow out your bullpen. It's inevitable. Well, and and that, I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't blame Luis Rojas for that. That amount of games in such a short time, you are bound to blow out your bullpen. It's a given. So when you have a pitcher, especially your four or five starter who you're you're really just hoping gets you five innings and he goes through five, and he's only thrown 70 pitches, and he's only given up a run to a very good San Diego lineup, and you're in a position where you've already won the series, no matter what happens today. And worst-case scenario, you've taken two out of three of San Diego. Let's see if he can give you another inning. And if he gets through that inning in nine pitches, ten pitches, throw him out there for the seventh also. Let's see what we've got here before we suddenly pull him out and, and send in another reliever. And how many pitches did Jerry's familiar uh, throw today? 41. 41 that, pitches. That was the thing. You were, they were asking way too – and clearly, again, we didn't know the full scope of who was available and who was not until after the game, of course – uh, you know, it was suspected obviously that, that Diaz he had pitched a lot, and, and other guys. But uh, to have all those guys not available, and then like what well, you're saying, I agree with you. If you knowing that that those four guys at the end are not available, and you're relying on a familiar to get key outs, yeah, you got to push Lucchese a little bit more than that. You, you, let's see what he can give you. Yeah. So he would he match his his high with the Mets on the season by going five innings. We can't get. Another inning? We can't a- attempt no. to get another yeah, inning like, out of Joey Lucchese. start another inning if he allows a base runner or two. You can always go to the bullpen at that point. Yeah, I, I, I know. It was asking way too much from Jerry's familiar. What reliever today is throwing 40 pitches? It, it doesn't happen anymore. Those days are over. So we're talking about what... Well, we don't know what we, how far we can push our starters. We don't know if we can push Joey Lucchese to six innings or, or God forbid, seven innings. But we're going to push Jay Reese Familia to forty pitches. They're pl- they're, and I'm not. I know, no, it doesn't. It's, it, it, it doesn't add up. It you're, doesn't make you're, sense. You're playing both ends here. But yeah, it just, exactly. If you if you're willing to push Familia to forty one pitches, why not push Lucchese to eighty five? Shouldn't. Shouldn't the idea, and you know what, I'm going to say it again. Shouldn't, Islanders two to one. Oh, oh, oh sorry. Oh, you're talking. About shouldn't the idea? I'm. Gonna, I'm just going to ignore it. Shouldn't <laughs> the idea be that if you have 33 games in 31 days, rest your bullpen as much as possible, because there's going to come the game in there in that stretch where. Say it's David Peterson. Right. David <laughs> Peterson's gonna get some starts in that stretch. But you you may get a you may get a bad start in there David from Peterson. from from David Peterson. <laughs> David Peterson. I'm I'm saying like You know he's getting more. I'm just starts. saying if, if we're looking at Lucchese, Taiwan Walker, Strowman and DeGrom and David Peterson, who's gonna throw the clunker game? It's going to be David Peterson. <laughs> okay. But what happens if Marcus Strowman gives you a clunker? What happens if Taiwan Walker gives you a clunker? I'm not, I'm not going to say Jacob DeGrom, but if, if somebody Sacri- other... Sacrilege. What happens if somebody other than David Peterson doesn't get you out of the third inning? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, so you're all mad at me for the Islanders thing. Well, you've angered me today. I, I'm with you, though, on this. I'm we, with you. We had a very nice meal at the yeah, Outback before, very nice, very before, nice before we came here. Meal. And, and now you, you've... You've gone the other way. You're the one that suggested think, what the Outback. You, what, what did you have there? What was that thing you had? I had uh, uh, some sort of chicken dish. <laughs> I think it got you a little spiced up. I'm, I'm, I'm fired up right now 
because you made me so happy today when you suggested the Outback. And then, and then we sit down and we go, oh yeah, no, no, we'll, we'll briefly mention the Islanders and we'll briefly mention the Nets. And then you just start throwing this Islanders well, stuff at me. I'm looking at, at a me. sign that says Long Islands WGBB. What do you want? What, am I not going to say that the Islanders won two to one and, and are uh, three games away from the Stanley Cup I finals? swear to God, if you keep going, I'm going to leave you here. All right, sorry. 33 games in 31 days. There you go. <laughs> Sorry, that was that was what I was trying. Enjoy to your Uber ride home. <laughs> all right, but all kidding aside, it was a wonderful meal at the Outback. So I'm sorry I ruined that. <laughs> so what happens if you get a How clunker? Do you follow all this, yeah, David Peterson. If you get a clunker from somebody other than David, <laughs> David Peterson, Peterson, and you blow out your bullpen there, you're going to look back on these Joey Lucchese starts and wish you had given him another inning, another two innings. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, I know, and uh, look, Luis Rojas has had, uh, we've talked about this on our podcast quite a bit, it doesn't always, you know, the, some of the moves are, I don't always agree with, I think some of it is too much of that, you know, like almost planned out before the game, not by the feel, you know, you know what I'm saying, like where it's so kind of like in the pregame meeting, like, okay, we're, we're going to do this, this is the plan, like not, baseball is a game where if a guy's in a groove, let him, let him go. Let, let ride it. Ride go, the hot end. Go with him until he's not in a yeah, groove ride, anymore. Not everything is figured out in an analytics book or, or with you know a pregame meeting with the front office. And I do think the front office has an inordinate amount of control over Luis Rojas. So I think a lot of these things really aren't his decision overall, frankly. But uh, yeah, so some of the things don't add up in terms of being so conservative with with the starters. And look, and I'm and I'm not saying you have to be reckless and be like Dusty Baker with the Cubs back in the day and let Mark Pryor throw like 300 pitches in an outing, but you know there's got to be some middle ground and some wiggle room there, and I don't think there is that right now. Sometimes it's just okay, done 80 pitches, like we're not even gonna like try to stretch it out and go from there. I'm gonna throw in one more uh, thing here about why today was the day to push Joey Lucchese. You had a shortened bench. Yeah. Uh, VR had family issues. He was very clearly, he, I sh- he was very clearly not available. It also seemed like he was not even in the ballpark today. So, yeah. w- you know, good luck to him. I hope everything works out. Uh, obviously, you're short a man now. Billy McKinney was a little beat up. They had already said he wasn't good to go today. So now you're, they were down to really two players on the bench, one of them being James McCann, who got the day off. Uh, that's your backup catcher right now, so you want to do everything in, in your power to yep. not use him. So now you're, you're looking even at... even more incentive. You're looking at one bat off the bench, which was used, I believe, in the fifth. Yes, was used in the fifth. And James McCann was used in the seventh. So for basically, for most of the final third of this game, he had no hitters left on the bench. He had an empty bench. They sent up Robert Gesellman as a pinch hitter in, in, in the ninth inning with two out, nobody on. Your, your, your game, the game was resting on the bat of Robert Gesellman. Keep think about that for a second. You blew through the bench because you were so afraid to push Joey Lucchese an extra inning or two when he it was pitching it well. Necessarily add up. It doesn't. And and especially you had mentioned this before is that you you won the first two games of the series, so you had some house money to play with here. So this yeah this was the time 
to to see you know Lucchese has in the beginning he was a horror show this season he was yes horrible yes and I, like I th- I feel like he's kind of stabilized things his last three or four he's starts been, have been, been good a, he's throwing the ball much better he's throwing you know throwing strikes most importantly but yeah I, I just uh, I don't I don't quite understand why they didn't push him a little bit further today was the day to push him uh, and 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 you said it and we've said it before. Uh, we we don't always know if these decisions are coming from Luis Rojas or if they're coming from the front office. Whoever was managing the game today did a poor job. Yeah, that's fair. But let's just if we uh, and 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 I and I think it was a, the combination of all these things and things that we had talked about over the last few days came together today, and it was a perfect storm of events. Then you add in. You know the bench situation and the VR family issue and all these things. It all came to a head on this game, um, which again, yes, you won the series already, but still, you know they had they they had this game in a good spot. You know this would have been a nice sweep to have, but all things considered, if, if I'll be optimist, Matty Faz here, Mets are seven games over five hundred, first place. So, yes, I, I'm not thrilled with. With Familia throwing 41 pitches in that spot, I, I thought that whole scenario was handled horrifically. But I, if I take a step back and just take a breath, you know, remember the Islanders won today two to one. And if I just think about the Mets, you know, we look at the Yankee situation, which we'll, we'll get into at some point. They're not in the A block tonight, and uh, Mets first place right now. Status of the team, state state of the team, rather. You, you got to like where things are at. They're in first place. With the injuries. I was just about to say that. players. There's reinforcements coming. Jeff McNeil was on a, a, a rehab assignment looked today. Great running of fe- looked great running to first base. <laughs> looked fantastic. <laughs> Which is, that's really all you're looking for right he now. It's fantastic on a ground out. Of her. He ran, ran it out nice. The the hope right now is, is Conforto isn't far behind him. Yeah. Uh, They've gotten some bad news over the last couple weeks as far as Syndergaard goes, as far as Carrasco goes. Uh, but you're, you're hoping that after Conforto, that Nimmo comes back. Maybe J.D. Davis isn't far after that. And, and then you're looking at a lineup that was, was constructed to be a very good lineup going into this season. Yeah. And you have a lot of that back and you have a lot of that ready to go. Um, the 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 bench mob, as they like to call themselves, has really kept this thing together and played. They've been great, way above their heads. They've been great. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you talk about Billy McKinney because I, I know you. Well, I mean, that's you know, look, throughout the years, you know, Mets fans kill the front office for various things, trades that are made, trades that aren't made, signings that happen, don't happen, all those things, all the above. So uh, I can at least be fair and give credit to Zach Scott. Billy McKinney was put on the scrap heap by the Brewers for, you know, he, he, he inconsistent guy, but it always, you know, was a guy who was highly regarded, great defensive outfielder, has power, good left-handed swing, but just it just wasn't happening there and they basically gave him to the Mets for nothing. And he has been a revelation in the absence of, of Conforto and, and Nimmo. He has been he's been fantastic. So, uh, he, uh, he's been a key guy and then, fact that you know he came later in the year, add in his efforts with that of the bench mob from Pilar, VR, who's basically now a starter, um, Peraza, Nito. I mean, these guys, 
they've held this team up. Add in Lindor. I mean, Lindor finally starting to look like himself this weekend was probably the first time like where he really is the bat is starting to to come alive now. But um, yeah, these uh, the the bench guys and some of these pickups like McKinney, they have held this team up and somehow with duct tape and some good starting pitching and defense now. Which we didn't know how the de- the defense was. Oh, you know, we talked about this a lot on this show. The defense was not thought to be a strength of this team. The defense is lights out right now. Well, because one of the things that happened was with this defense is that going into the season, you know, the, the Brandon Nimmo's of the world are playing center field. The JD Davises of the world are playing third base. These guys are not good with the glove. Brandon Nimmo is not a good center fielder. Yeah. J.D. Davis is not a good third baseman. So one of the things the Mets tried to do was supplement that with good defense coming off the bench with guys like Kevin Pillar, with guys like Jonathan VR. Now, those guys, the bench mob, who were brought here because they could play a little defense and could hopefully be a defensive replacement late in the game, these are the guys getting the majority of the innings now. So now, suddenly, the Mets look like a very good defensive team. If, if Look, if Brandon Nimmo is in the lineup every day, and if J.D. Davis is in the lineup every day, they don't look nearly as good defensively yep. as, as they have. Yep. Uh, Jonathan VR, and I'm glad you brought up He's his been a name. Revelation. Jonathan VR, if if you just look at the offensive players, Jonathan VR is the MVP of this offense. Yeah, and the numbers aren't overwhelming, but <laughs> two fifty something. But he is in the middle of everything. Power, great base runner, very good defensive player, clutch hits. You know, just brings some energy. He is just like again a guy who. He's just a good ball player, and and he's just kind of does a little bit of everything, and is really good. He keeps pitchers working, not just when he's in the batter's box, but they have to pay attention to him when he's on the base paths also, because he's a little. He likes to make things happen, yeah. And sometimes it's to his own detriment. We've we've yeah, seen himself pushes the envelope. We've seen him run this team out of innings, but he's very aggressive on the base paths. Uh, having him in the lineup makes pitchers work. Having Luis Guillorme back and in the lineup makes pitchers work. And it's for reasons like that that the Mets went out this weekend and took two out of three in a, against a very good San Diego Padre team. Well, and uh, maybe I should save this. Well, let me just introduce this because another thing we had talked about the other day was now you have a thing, you have a situation where the Mets, the, the rotation, the top three, so from DeGrom, Taiwan Walker, Stroman, lights out, probably the three, the best trio probably in baseball so far this year. Um, David Peterson, not part of that. No, David Peterson is not in that group. Lucchese is, again, pitching better. Not in still, that group. Not near that group, but, you know, trending upward, but a four or five inning pitcher tops right now. So, Carrasco... Cindergaard guys who we thought would maybe be back by now or right around now, that doesn't look like it's happening anytime soon. So, the pitching you 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 talk, you brought this up on Friday night. the The starting pitching depth is a is a situation right now. Something needs to be done about it. So now you have the situation where all the the bench mob, all these guys are stepping up and and really producing. You're starting to have guys come healthy. 
Jeff McNeil ran ran great today down first baseline. Looked great. Nimmo, hopefully at some point. Conforto, not far behind Jeff McNeil. We'll see how he runs the first base in a week from now. And J.D. Davis, hopefully soon as well. So there's going to be a glut of guys. You have a, these bench mob guys who have produced. You have the, the cavalry coming back in. Not enough, you know, not enough spots for all of these guys. You have a shortage now in the starting rotation. So is there a deal to be made where one of these guys, again, it would. You're not necessarily dealing. Say it was J.D. Davis. Let's just, for 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 sake of argument, you know, you're not dealing from a position of great value. But if we're looking for a new starting pitcher to to fill in this gap, you know, what I mean, like there's going to be a scenario where there's going to be a surplus of position players. You understand what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying. Let's. Come back to that after the break. That is a cliffhanger. That is a tease. I want to thank you for that. We'll hit that after the break. Uh, Your calls, to Sports Talk New York. Tune in every Sunday night at 8 p.m. on Long Island's WGBB. Broadcasting on 95.9 FM and 1240 AM. Or listen live online at WGBBradio.com. Stay connected to Sports Talk New York on WGBB by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at WGBB Sports Talk. You're listening to Sports Talk New York on Long Island's WGBB. And now, back to the show. 9.32 on WGBB. Listening to Sports Talk New York. Pete and Thaz with you until 10 o'clock. Uh, call us up, 516-623-1240. Check us out at WGBB Sports Talk across all social media platforms and podca- podcast platforms. Ugh. Easy for you to say. And uh, just a remind, just uh, re-upping the the top headlines tonight. The Islanders three games away from the Stanley Cup Finals. They uh, beat the Lightning tonight two to one. Uh, the Nets fell. You know what? Let's let's <laughs> just go the extra step here. <laughs> the, ne- the, the Islanders. Nets, the Nets fall to the Bucks one hundred seven ninety six. The New that York series is even now <laughs> two games apiece. The New York Islanders are not just three games away from the Stanley Cup Finals. The New York Islanders are seven wins away from being Stanley Cup champions. There you go. Why why, why stop at three wins? Because I'm a human mush. I didn't want to mush them. Well, I'm hoping I'm a human mush, and I'm mushing them right now. They are seven wins away. Says you with the Islander-colored... Actually, that's your Texas color, right? That's your, I, I've been, it's, more, I've, it's more of a burnt orange. I've been told my uh, that my orange shirts bring out the hazel in my eyes. Okay. So I'm really... Who told... People tell you that, huh? I'm tr- <laughs> so I'm sitting here wearing a burnt orange shirt, hoping that you will notice the hazel being brought out in my eyes. And I, I look right into your eyes when I say everything. And that'll distract you from any more... Islander talk. Okay, so I, I was just, uh, you know, this is what you do on radio. You, you come back from the break, 
you you do a quick update, top headlines, you know. The the Nets fall to the Bucks 107-96. That series even now at two games apiece. James Harden sat out this game. Kyrie Irving left with an injury. And on the ice, the Islanders topped the Lightning 2-1 to in Tampa. Game one. You're... you're you're moving with your voice into that old school FM DJ oh, yeah. style voice. Like, why don't why don't you now tell me about the, how we're going to hear the next big hit from Huey Lewis in the news? Because you know what? Called, this is if this is it. You know what? Because and I'm going to say it now, Go and, I'm, it. and I'm going to this, this is Let now the Let gloves are off because. The last time Huey Lewis in the news had a hit was also the, the last time the Islanders were relevant. <laughs> so enough is enough. So, you want the gloves to come off, wow. the gloves are going to come off. Yeah, you know what? Long Island, call us up, 516-623-1240. Uh, Pete is just going after your Islanders here. Uh, you know, I'm just trying to show the love to the Islanders, who are now seven games away from hoisting that Stanley Cup. If you guys cannot pick out sarcasm... I've never seen so much of it coming out of the mouth of one person in my life. Because we all know Maddie does not care about hockey unless the result of the hockey game is going to anger me. So the Islanders won today. They are seven wins away from being Stanley Cup champions. And nothing makes me more miserable, which makes Maddie nothing but thrilled. I, I just want your A plus performance. Then. That's all I want. Oh, you're not getting A plus okay. anymore. Now, you, now the gloves are off. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I'm, I was just trying to talk about some baseball. All right. You know, Kyrie Irving got hurt today. He did get hurt. Yeah. yeah so the that's Nets. a bit. That's a big. That's a big topic right now because the Nets are the Nets look uh, good. Uh, the, the Nets were rolling along and they, uh, you know, they hit. They're, they're hitting a little bit of a, of a brick wall. They got a problem now. They have, they have a problem. Yeah, you're gonna have a problem. You keep uh, up the iron. Whoa. Talking. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Pat LaFontaine. <laughs> so, congratulations to the Islanders on a, on a really nice game one win. So, uh, you know, some of, uh, I'm just saying we're you know we're on Long Island. We got to just show a little love, Pete. No, you're just not going to break, huh? Just for for anybody listening, Pete is loves the Rangers to the point where <laughs> his old AOL screen name was was Gartner twenty two for Mike Gartner. It was uh, <laughs> Mike Gartner. Was so that's what we're, that's why I'm teasing Pete so much. Absolutely, here. <laughs> my favorite hockey player of all time, and you know I, I cried the day the Rangers traded Mike Gartner. I'm sure you did. And, and here you are trying to stick Islander yeah. stuff in my face. I'm just. You, are you trying to get me to cry now? I'm. So, we're doing a sports show on Long Island after the Islanders won a big game. You said it. Okay. You said it. All right. We good? All right. We, do you want to talk about the Mets going after a pitcher? Okay. Yeah. So, well, or no. Or no. We, we, if, if you don't want to, we don't have to. We could stick on the Islanders all day if you want. We, uh, we could talk about uh, Dolan next. If you... <laughs> I don't know if we have the time. <laughs> I, so, uh, also, if uh, anybody who's a fan of this show, if they'd like to pick me up after, uh, <laughs> I may need a ride around about like 20 minutes or so. <laughs> Let let us know. You can pick me up outside the Outback. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. So, no, right before the break, we 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 spoke about how the the Mets have a they're going to have some decisions to make roster wise. Yes. So they're in first place despite kind of an, a disjointed, uneven run right now. Patchwork. Yeah, they are somehow cobbling it all together in our first place. 
But the Phillies are playing better. Phillies yep. are definitely are they they won two straight over the Yankees this weekend. You know, they they their crowd was into it. You could tell they got a little energy. They got a little thing brewing brewing down there. The, the thing with the Phillies too, it, like you know, I I don't think they're a dominant team, but they have a lot of tough players. They have a lot of tough veteran guys. You know, they got uh, Real Multi. They got like guys like McCutcheon. You know, obviously in addition to Bryce Harper, they, like they have some guys who they're going to be in this thing for, for a while. Uh, so the Mets, they're going to have decisions to make. They got. The bench mob has played above their head, so it's you know, you're trying to assess now. Okay, so are these guys just playing out of their minds? Are they going to come way back down to earth? Would you rather have them in, back down to their smaller roles? Have guys earned bigger roles? You have these guys, you know, McNeil was doing nothing before he was hurt. He was terrible. So he's coming back now. J.D. Davis was hitting well. Fielding was all over the map. He's coming back. So You know, still a little ways away. Conforto was not doing anything. Conforto was no, he he was not contributing not with the bat at all. He's a free agent. Yep. Uh, you know, I mean, which was all we talked about this coming into the year. He was he was going to be a big decision because he's got Boris. He's going to want crazy money. So what I'm saying, you know, you have Dom Smith who who's been up and down, terrible, Most, mostly down, mostly down. Terrible defensive player. Not, he's gotten a little bit better, but not great. He is not a good left fielder. So. You know, Nimmo, good left fielder, not a good center fielder. So you have a lot of odd fits, and you know a lot of these bench mob guys are good fielders. So, and you're going to need at least a starter, maybe two, probably two. So you know, Cindergard and Carrasco are not going to be back nearly in time to help. You know, for most of the year. So, do you know? Is there a deal to be made? There, there is a deal to be made. Uh, what, like, do you have a like a, a like what's circulating here? I, honestly, there, there's no specific player. Or like, who's a guy who you would like? Like, if you're uh, Zach Scott, who's the guy you're thinking about? Okay, this guy could bring me a return of at least a decent pitcher, and I we can afford to lose him. So the names that run through my head is are, are mostly the bench mob, the Billy McKinney's of the world. Um, uh, uh, would he bring a lot? Like a, a little, no, like no, a, no, no, no. But I think as part of a package, he does. Uh-huh. Uh, and and again, you're not looking for a stud starting pitcher. You're not looking to bring in someone on the no, level no. of Jacob Degrom. Of course, but you're looking to bring in someone that's going to slot into guy. that four or five role. Level guy. Yeah. Yes. So it shouldn't take a whole lot to get one of those guys from a team who's out of contention. So can can Billy McKinney and a couple marginal minor leaguers get you a a number five starter? I would think so. No. Uh, if you want to if you want to shoot a little higher than that, now we're looking at you got to get JD Davis back in the lineup, have him show that he can hit a little bit, that he can come back healthy, and then maybe JD Davis goes on the block. Uh, I think he's going to get you a big. Well, I shouldn't say I think if he comes back and he hits. He's going to get you a bigger return than a than a Billy McKinney. Uh, obviously, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. Yeah. Uh, but if you want to go after, if you want to go fishing for that number three starter, which you don't need on this team, but if you if you want to shoot for that, I think the package has to be built around J.D. Davis, yeah. uh, and then. Once that happens, now you've pushed uh, Jonathan VR into the lineup every day. Yeah, no, Davis with the play of VR, that, that, that it's not unreasonable. With with the play of VR, 
Davis is not a great defensive player. He is kind of more of an American League guy. He could play DH. He could play, you know, and well on this team. So the thing that complicates the Mets situation is they have a lot of guys who could play first base. Yes, and and you know you have a very good hitting first baseman. So with no DH, so there's a glut of guys: Dom Smith, JD Davis, Pete Alonso, for kind of one and a half spots almost. The sad thing is if 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 Dom Smith, if Dom Smith had been giving you anything this year then he could be on that list to probably give bring something back even better than what J.D. Davis would give you. Uh, he's a, a, a left-handed hitter. He's a contact hitter. Uh, he's not a great left fielder, but he's a very good first baseman. So, it, yeah, he's it, an, he, like on an American League squad, he could kill it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, see, and he, it's, he's a guy who even... Despite him not really playing great this year, or really, the thing is with him, he's shown his power still. He just hasn't gone on a run of any real kind. Con- uh, you know, he just been just you know. He, he last year, you know, in the shortened season, he went on tears. This year, he's just kind of he's been just off to kind of a blah, kind of slow start. So, you know, I, but I do think again, if this becomes a real discussion, and you know, we're kind of just kicking around here. But there's going to be a decision that has to be made, and if you're, you know, so if you decide, yeah, if you want to go after a, a, real, a number five guy, yeah, you know, it's going to be, you know, Billy McKinney type guy or something like that. But I don't know. I, I wouldn't be opposed if Don Smith could bring you back a third starter. I wouldn't be opposed I'll, to it. I will sign up for that right I now. Say, I, I like just, Dom Smith, but you know, I, I don't think he's. Untouchable. I don't. I also don't think he's going to bring back a third starter right now. A year, a year ago, Dom Smith had a season in a shortened season where he never really went into any sort of slump. And we always say baseball is a game of hot streaks and slumps. Dom Smith had hot streaks a year ago, and then he had normal at bats. He never fell back into one of those slumps, and it gave him numbers that maybe are maybe are better than what Dom Smith actually is. We've seen flashes that he can be a very good player in this league, but he's never put together a long-term body of work to show that... First of all, this guy was a first-round pick. Yeah. That's why I I think there are teams who would pay a decent amount for him, especially there is not a lot of offense in in major leagues in baseball right now. I think there are some teams who would... I think his price would be a little bit higher than his numbers suggest right now. I, but as, look, as a Met fan, I hope so. I just you're looking at a guy. What is he hitting? Two fifty, two sixty, somewhere in there. Uh, the he he's shown flashes of the power, but the power numbers really aren't there. Uh, the Mets have gone through this stretch. Uh, over the last month or so, where they've lost so many people in this lineup, and they've needed guys like Dom Smith to step up and to carry the load and to give you a little bit more than you would normally ask from a player like that. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, Dom Smith just hasn't delivered this he year. Hasn't been great. He hasn't been great. So I, I don't know. Yeah. And, and look, I hope you're right, and I hope somebody calls the Mets and says, hey, I really like Dom Smith, and you need pitching. Here's a here's a quality number three starter. If that offer, if somebody calls Zach Scott and makes that offer, he needs to sign off on it immediately. 
So it's going to, yeah, I know, there's not a ton of surplus pitching, but what I'm saying is that it's a scenario that's going to present itself as these guys get healthy. Because for by somehow, some way, this kind of motley crew the Mets have right now has produced a first-place team. They, so it's it's going to come to a head, and you don't want to penalize guys who have contributed to this, but of course. there are guys that are going to need at-bats. Of course. Well, somebody's going to have... Jeff McNeil's going to come back soon. Somebody's going to have to go. Michael Conforto's going to come back after yeah. that. Somebody else is going to have to go at that point. The the guys on this team right now who are were either brought in here to come off the bench or were brought in here to, you know, because because they had so many spots open up that they were just desperate for anybody. These guys have played this team into a first place spot, and part of that is because they they've played well, which they have played well. A part of it is also that the rest of this division has not really played to the ability or to the point that we all thought they would this year. We all thought this division would be a little bit better. Uh, but that being said, the Mets are in first place. Yeah. There's a group of ragtag individuals who have gotten them there who the fan base is, has fallen in love with like they always do. They always fall in love with the, the underdog. Guy, yes. Yeah. Some of them are going to have to go. And whether that's into the minor leagues or a group of them that goes to bring in a starting pitcher, moves are going to have to be made. We're going to, we're going to start to see what moves will be made probably as we get a little closer to the trade deadline. As teams start to fall out of it and more players become available, we're going to see what happens with that. Uh, I believe at this point in time, when you look at the Mets, and now you look at it and you see that Noah Syndergaard and Carlos Carrasco, I think August, September are really better bets for the two of them Absolutely, at this point. Yeah, definitely. That means you know, you're going to go into the playoffs with two pitchers who really have only given you a month of work. It's not a recipe for success. So all those things being tied together, all of the, the all of those things being what they are, right now a starting pitcher is what the Mets need most, despite the fact, like you said before, the trio that they have at the top of the rotation is, is probably is the best in baseball. Absolutely. So it's a, it's a weird, they have an interesting mix going right now. Well, it's a free fall after that. Yeah. Um, you know, and I just think David Peterson is, they, he just hasn't given them anywhere near what they had hoped for. He's going to end up getting, assuming he stays healthy, he's going to end up getting six starts in a month. Yeah. How scary is that? It's, it's uh, not, not good. One, one more thing I wanted to give a quick shout-out to. Speaking of, you know, because we're talking about moves, and this was something we talked about before the year started, and this was going to be a thing to watch. Edwin Diaz versus the production of Jared Kalenic. Met fans went crazy after Brody Van Wagenen traded him. Uh, Kalenic, that was top, one of the top prospects in baseball for Edwin Diaz. Diaz has been lights out. He's been pretty tremendous. Tremendous. And Jared Kalenic now has gotten put back down, uh, sent back down rather to AAA. So one of the things that we had said, uh, and I don't, rem- I don't recall right now if it was on WGBB or if it was on the podcast. I think we did poll on both. I think we spoke about it on both. So one of the things that we said about him was. It, it's very forgotten how good of a season Edwin Diaz had a year ago. Yeah. And and we didn't know because 2019 was such a miserable year for him that the only way he really could have bounced back 
was with no fans in the stands. And that's what he got in 2020. And it became a situation of, well, let's wait and see. Yes, he has been a million times better than he was two years ago. His ERA is a little bit high. Those are because of a couple bad outings that have really inflated that. But the idea was, let's see what happens when there are fans in the stands, uh, especially at City Field. Can he produce in front of them after he failed so miserably in front of them two years ago? So there was a, there were no fans in the stands, and then there were a few, and and he's pitched well. Well, Friday night and Saturday, there were a lot of fans in the stands, and they were loud, and they were boisterous, and they were into every single pitch. And Edwin Diaz came through on both days and looked very good doing and it. And now his music, Narco, is a, is a huge hit. I, fans, I love those horns. Yeah, the, the fans are going crazy. So it's he's got a whole thing. He's completely flipped the script. He went from being, like, you know, thinking, like, okay, this is going to be a closer who just blows out and, you know, is going to not be able to pitch in New York. I, it was going down that path. Yes. You know, where he gives up home runs, walks, guys. He has completely flipped it. He's throwing ninety nine, a hundred. Got the everybody, people in the crowd of uh, the horns going. I mean, he. Uh, you got to give kudos. He's been. He, that does not happen very often. No, it is. You been know, a, usually when you start down that path, it's like that's it. It has been a total one eighty yes. for Edwin Diaz. I mean, we're talking about two years ago. This guy couldn't get anybody out. And, and in a big spot for you didn't want him. You didn't I, want him in the game. No, people wanted Seth Lugo in the game over him, and that's what they were getting. Yeah, and and to be fair, rightfully so, absolutely, because Seth Lugo was pitching well, and Edwin Diaz couldn't get anybody out. You move forward now, two years later, fans are coming back. They're loud. They are they are making their voices heard, and 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 Edwin Diaz has been absolutely. You know what? I don't want to say absolutely phenomenal because he has had a couple outings right. that have inflated the R.A. For the most part. But he has been really well, good. Let me put it this way. This is the best measure. If, if, if in a big game against the Phillies in September or in a playoff game first round, are you confident with him in the in the, in the the game, City Field sold out 2-1 game? Give him the con- ball. Okay. So Give that, him the ball. And that's the best. Because two years ago, would you have given that answer? I didn't even want him on the team. So there you go. So that... that more than anything else, yeah, you know, yeah, he's he, he's given up a, a couple runs, but he's been lights out for the most part. He has been very good. He uh, and Jared Kalenic is in AAA now. Yes, Jared so, look, Kalenic look, look, had a look, very bad start. He's over thirty five stretch. So look, he's going to probably be back and you know get his head straight. He's still very young. Yes, but yes, you know this that trade was looking like oh if he gets off to a hot start. The Mets fans are going to be in a frenzy about it. So this has gone completely the other way. This weekend was a ve- it, it wasn't just uh, twenty six thousand fans in attendance for the Mets. It wasn't just about that. Let's not overlook the fact that this was a big series for the Mets. Yeah. The Padres are very good, and Friday and Saturday they handed the ball to Edwin Diaz and said, "Lock down this game for us," and that's exactly what he gave them. So it was a big step up. You know, just, you know, baseball's a lot of little mini steps throughout the year. And I don't want to call this a mini step. You know, you take steps throughout a year and get to different plateaus. And that's, yeah, it was. These are not saves against 
mediocre to very bad teams where okay yeah he saved the game against the Orioles I don't care call me when yeah, he no, when he, was, when I know he you're split saying. pitches there's, there's well against a, a good there, lineup there was a difference to it there is a difference between that Big and a game. good team like the Padres or a divisional game let's wait and see you know when, when the Phillies come to town when when they're playing against the Braves those are the saves you also want to see and and Edwin Diaz has more than earned his keep this year and last year. No doubt. And uh, he's a guy I'm confident with him in having the ball in a big spot. And we got just a, a, another minute or two here. Uh, the Yankees tough series this weekend. Quick series. Two-gamer. Lost both games to Phil- the Phillies. And uh, we're going to talk about them on our podcast coming up this week. I think it bears mentioning, but they may be at that make-or-break point. Right now. What, so, yeah, you, you, they are... Let's see. Is it one game over 500 now? They are one game over 500, eight games back, and the Rays are 17 games over 500. So one of the things, and, and you crazy. said 18 it. Games. it was 18, games, 18 games over 500. You said it uh, before, and I want to give you credit for this thank one. You, thank you. Because um, I don't give you a lot of credit, but I'll give you credit on this one. Uh, the Rays play the game the right way. They, they pitch well, they play defense, they do all the yep. little things to win. And teams that do that don't normally go into long losing streaks. And yeah. I know that since the beginning of the season, uh, I had said that despite the Yankees getting off to a bad start and they, and they went through some rough stretches, I kept saying, you know, I do believe that that lineup will come around and that they will win this division. And while I still do believe that that lineup will come around, that division I'm getting a little shaky with. I'm coming around the other way. It is going to be awfully tough to catch Tampa. Yeah, and Boston is still playing well. I mean, that's they have a lot of ground to make up. And yeah, there is time, but they. I don't know if they can go on the winning streaks that are needed. And I and I don't think like you just. I don't think Tampa is going to go on the losing streaks. That you know would help facilitate that. They are they're getting into that critical territory now where they need to go on a run, and and quick. They are another team that has to get a pitcher, uh, and and we said that going back to the beginning of the season. We didn't know how well that pitching staff would stand up behind Garrett Cole. The injury to Corey Kluber made it even worse for them. But and that kind of is you know that's a good point you bring up. That's kind of where things. I feel like started to really. It, it's they they kind of went into a free fall at that point, uh, but this lineup has not hit anywhere nearly as well as I thought they would. The their the the faces and the names in this lineup make you think that they should be a lot better than they are, and right now they're just not there. Yeah, they uh, and I don't know if they have that next gear needed. I've, I haven't seen evidence of it yet. I, I don't know who on this team you look to to give you that jolt. Who who is the guy that takes I mean, control? You want it to be Judge or Stanton or, or Garrett Cole, but I don't know. There's... Well, who's the guy that stands up in the locker room in the clubhouse and says, "Hey, this is unacceptable"? Is it Brett Gardner? Is he the guy? He I mean, can't be. It can't be Brett Gardner. Well, I don't know. Guardy, Pete Feldman, maybe. Maybe they should turn to the Islanders. <laughs> you said it. So, again, we're coming up to to, to the end here. Uh, let's let's just give one more congratulations to the Islanders on their two to one win. Mets, nice series win. 
taking two out of three against the Padres. The Nets coming back down to earth. I thought they looked like they were cruising to the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. They now have a dogfight on their hands. That so. Kyrie Irving injury is Tough. going to hurt. So they're going to need James Harden back. And, uh, yeah, Kyrie was spotted with crutches and a, and a walking boot. So that might not be a good one. So Not good. Uh, but all things considered, yeah, the Yankees, they are in make-or-break territory. The Mets in a good spot as we sit here June 13th. Pete. Fun as always, right? We, we, we did fun. We I feel like you had more fun tonight well, than we I did. We did the Outback. We, uh, we I enjoyed we, we the Outback. We talked about the Islanders, talked about the Mets, right? Got to you, you talked more hockey tonight than <laughs> you have spoken in the entire 16 years that I've known you. Combined. Oh, I love Combined. you. Combined. I love you. You know that. Yeah, Uber's on its way. <laughs> yeah, if anybody wants to give me a ride, uh, I'll meet you outside in a little bit. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Fun as always. Thank you to Brian on the other side of the glass. And uh, check us out at WGBB Sports Talk and at Pete and Faz. This is Sports Talk New York on Long Island's WGBB. Good night, everybody. in the previous program did not necessarily represent those of the staff, management, or owners of WGBB.